Welcome to the Intesa San Paolo Talks. Hello and welcome to another episode in the Intesa San Paolo Talks podcast series, looking at the Italian way to a circular economy. And this time we're going to the top and talking to the bank's chief financial officer, Stefano Del Punta. And we're doing so just after Intesa San Paolo announced that it was extending its 5 billion euro circular economy platform to 6 billion euros and making a billion of that exclusively available to customers in its newly acquired Ubi network. The fund is open to companies of any size that plan to adopt the principles of a circular economy and projects applying for loans are assessed by the Intesa San Paolo Innovation Centre. It's a significant commitment in anyone's money and surely a sign of the bank's seriousness about circularity. It's also not particularly surprising given Intesa San Paolo's long-standing mission to play a leading role in promoting sustainability and other social initiatives. So let's now hear from Stefano Del Punta. As I say, he's the Chief Financial Officer at Intesa San Paolo. He spent more than 30 years in banking, almost all of it with Intesa San Paolo or its predecessor, IMI, and he's worked all over the world. I caught up with him a couple of days ago and I started by asking him about the facility or platform, the circular economy platform. I asked him how it was doing. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of our uh, pride, in a sense, because I think it's the largest of its kind in, in, in the world, as far as you know. So it's a big effort. Of course, there are conditions which are basically lending comes at better conditions than normal lending. So if you do an investment and these investments can be approved as being circular by our structures, then you get lending at the lower interest rates. It was launched in 2018 uh, at 5 billion euros then. It's now 6 billion. How much of that have you now lent? Unfortunately, the, the, the pandemic didn't help because, I mean, Unfortunately, companies are not investing much in these days, unfortunately. I read on the newspaper today that investments are down almost 50% in Italy. Uh, this is understandable due to the uncertainty. We have already evaluated over 4 billion of projects. is uh, over 300 projects, and we have approved uh, over 200 of these projects. So, I mean, uh, in the pandemic, it's not, it's not really going as we would like, but we expect a strong rebound. Uh, there is a lot of uh, public investments uh, and private investments uh, which needs to be done in green economy also and so I'm sure that uh, we will manage to use all the platform in a pretty short period of time. 2020 unfortunately has been a year of standby, almost a complete standby. Yes, uh, in, in many different ways. I, I was interested that you issued a bond to cover some of the some of this uh, facility. How did that go down with your investors? Did you, do you have to work sort of particularly hard to get investors to buy a bond for, of, of this type, or or, or are they, you know, is, is the, are you pushing it an open door? No, actually, I mean, we had a lot of success, probably success that was even uh, bigger than we were anticipating. We issued actually at the lower rates than our standard bonds. Consider that usually green bonds are issued at the same interest rate as normal bonds. Instead, we got so much demand that uh, we issued uh, uh, inside, let's say, so at a lower interest rate than normal bonds. So this means that we can also help our clients to get better financing conditions. And we got a, a lot of success. So, I mean, it, it was technically a green bond because uh, technically there is not the category of a circular bond. So technically it was a green bond. So it was following all the uh, nuts and bolts of, of being, for being a green, a green bond, but was uh, targeted at circular 
investments. So we, we can also use the proceeds for other green investments. For instance, we are having, with a lot of success now, extending green uh, real estate mortgages to our clients. So it has been a big success. I was very, very happy. And Stefano, where does this sort of commitment to the circular economy within Intesa San Paolo come from? First of all, let me say that uh, being targeted to, to ESG issues is, is a little bit in our chromosomes, so to speak, in our DNA, you know, because uh, don't forget Intesa San Paolo has important shareholders, which are foundations. They don't control the bank anymore, but uh, they are still very important shareholders. About 20% of our core shareholders are represented by foundations. So, of course, it's really in our DNA to be very attentive to uh, social issues. And, of course, uh, with the emergency of climate change, being attentive to social issues also means today one of the most important things that you can do for the society is to do something good for the, for the climate. And circular was something that uh, we, we, we found very interesting because we are financing industrial projects, and so we, we can really go at the heart of, of where processes must become circular so that you, you use less resources and you have less, less byproducts. And so we thought that we became partner of the MacArthur Foundation, and, and MacArthur Foundation is, is very, very much entangled with, with circular economy. That partnership has been going for, what, five years now. Has it changed, do you think? Has it, has it become something you didn't expect it to become? No, I think the spirit is still the same. Uh, we need the uh, MacArthur Foundation because uh, they are teaching us what the circular means, uh, etc. And they, for instance, in the, in, the, in the plafond for circular economy, we have uh, defined all the parameters working with the, with the people at the MacArthur Foundation. So we need the, the expertise of MacArthur Foundation. They need us because, of course, we are financing things and because we can then uh, put our strength at the service of the same uh, goals that the MacArthur Foundation is, is pursuing. There are two ways of, of looking at this, aren't there? The, there's, there's, the, there's the doing this sort of thing because you feel you ought to, and there's the doing this sort of thing because it's good business practice in the, in the long run, right? Absolutely, yes. I am absolutely convinced that uh, the lower interest rate that we charge for circular investments will be repaid over time with lower uh, credit losses because clearly the winning uh, the winning companies in the world and, and more and more than the millennials the new generation become the consumers of, of tomorrow and more and more they will choose a product not only because it's, it's nice, it's pretty or it's cheap but also because it's manufactured in a way which is attentive to the climate and to the environment. And so um, companies that uh, follow uh, circular processes will be chosen more in, in the future by, by consumers, by the clients, and will, therefore, a much lower probability to default, and even though there are no statistical data to prove this. So it's not possible to factorize this in our rating processes, in our rating models. I have no doubts that, uh, in the end, also the profitability of the loans aimed at circular investment in the long run is going to be higher than the profitability of standard loans, even though on standard loans we charge and higher interest rates because these companies are better and will have more probability to succeed in the future than uh, companies that do not follow circular processes. Yeah. 
So in the end, I think it's also good business for us. So, um, you know, you have a lot of power. You're, you know, you're a very big financial organization. At the moment, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're nudging people, aren't you? You know, you're providing, you know, loans in a certain way and you're, you're setting an example and, and the like. Do you think that there will come a point where you have to be more, uh, prescriptive where you in, in your relationships with your customers well i mean of course uh, i would like to be already there you no know, meaning in a situation where we only lend to uh, companies which are esg responsible uh, unfortunately today we, we cannot do that so we have to get there progressively for instance uh, a very interesting product that we have launched are what we call the sustainability loans as loans so there are some covenants in the loans whereby if you meet certain targets in the, in the, in the ESG uh, area then you can get a rebate on the interest rate that you pay and so I mean we are educating our clients to become more ESG attentive, more ESG friendly by giving them a, a, an economic incentive. But I mean, it's a long way. And today we could not uh, effort to only lend or to only have clients that are ESG friendly because these would be, of course, we provide over 25% of the credit in, in, in this country. And imagine what would happen if we were withdrawing this credit from the economy uh, to a significant portion of our clients. And are you different? Is your approach to, to ESG and circularity and the like, is that different to other Italian banks, do you think? I think so. As I said, we are the only financial partner of Ellen MacArthur Foundation, so we are also different from many other international banks. When we launched our, business, our last business plan in 2018, our CEO, Carlo Messina, made, made a clear statement that uh, becoming a, a champion of ESG in, in the bank, which is the best ESG bank in the world, uh, is uh, one of our targets in the business plan. Do you regard yourselves as sort of champions of Italy? Absolutely, yes. We are the most profitable bank. We are the third largest market cap in, 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 in the euro area. We are the bank with, 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 with the highest ESG ratings by all the ESG rating uh, uh, organization. So I think uh, that, uh, that there's no doubt that we are the Italian champions. And yes, do you also f- feel you have a job that's part of your responsibility to be advocates for Italy and the Italian economy in, in, in a wider sense? Absolutely. Before pandemic, I mean, uh, I was uh, spending a significant portion of my time in the United States, in Asia, Japan, uh, because, I mean, that there are in many parts of the world, there are investors that uh, the only Italian bank that, uh, and sometimes the only Italian corporate that they invest is us. Yeah, okay? yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, we are also advocating the, the Italian uh, system and uh, and the strength of the Italian economy. Italy has as many as many problems as we all know, but there's also very very strong uh, uh, fundamentals. The families are very rich; uh, they, they've been big savers for generations, and we have this uh, tissue of uh, SMEs which are very dynamic. And we have seen that in the pandemic. I mean, uh, in, after a horrible second quarter, in the third quarter, there was an immediate rebound in the region of 16 percent quarter on quarter. Because these guys are very dynamic, they are very proactive, and so they, they, they're very quick in reaping any market opportunity. So, and this is something typical of, of Italy, and this uh, one of the strong points of strength of, of, this, of this country. The Intesa San Paolo Talks.
I'm talking to you from uh, from London. Uh, a mere matter of days before uh, the yeah, we are properly out of out of the EU. Um, do, does it does the is the is your role with Italy's role and your bank's you know your bank's role within the EU is is that an important part of your work? Do you think? Yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, I have to say that uh, that day in 2016, when the UK people decided to to exit the, the European Union, has been uh, uh, one of the saddest uh, days in my life, not only professionally but also personally. I lived in, in London and uh, and I studied in London, and uh, as many other Italians of my generation. Uh, we were not learning English school, but we were learning English going uh, in, in the, during the summer break to mm-hmm. in, in, in UK families uh, or colleges to learn to learn the language, and uh, and so we are very very fond of, of 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 UK, and we will remain very close friends of of, of UK, of course. Within European Union, of course, uh, as I said, we are the third largest market cap in. The, the euro area, and uh, we, we all know that uh, a process of cons- cross-border consolidation in the European Union, and especially in the euro area, will start to create uh, what to one day will be the JP Morgans or the HSBCs of the euro area. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, so this, today there are still some negative synergies that if you do a cross-border consolidation, but these negative synergies, these complications are being progressively eliminated by regulators and supervisors. And so I think we're not far away from seeing a wave of cross-border consolidation whereby we're going to create some pan-European or pan-euro area banking champions. And certainly we want to see that process from the front seat and not from the back seat. And certainly when time will come, we will be uh, very quick to act, and uh, we will be certainly uh, on the driving seat of that process. Can I just go back uh, finally to the, to, the, uh, to the circularity and to ESG and, and you know, try and put that in a sort of slightly wider context? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's no good if, if just, you know, in Tesla San Paolo and its... And it's uh, customers or just Italy even uh, you know, move forward on this. The world needs to move forward on this together. Are you confident that the world, uh, that you and the, uh, maybe even the rest of the financial community around the world can play a leading role in, in really making a success out of stopping climate change and, 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 uh, and, the, and things like circularity? We are very, very late in tackling these uh, climate change uh, issues. Very late, horribly late. This is also because a good worldwide agreement has never been reached on these. Actually, unfortunately, in the last years, some rewind of, of previous processes has occurred due to the attitude of the United States on this, on this topic. So European Union uh, is, is probably playing uh, a leading role. And the, the, the Commissioner, Ursula von der Leyen, has been advocating this issue since her first day in office. Uh, to do that, the, we, we will need huge investments, much bigger than one can think about. There will be a lot of money coming from uh, uh, the European Union. Uh, about 37% of the second-generation EU funds are going to be targeted to green investments uh, or to transition investments. But this money is not going to be enough. So the only way of doing all the necessary investments 
is that the, the entire financial systems uh, start working in the same direction. And banks, of course, in Europe uh, play a very important role in financing private investments, much more important role than they play, for instance, in the United States. So banks will be at the core of uh, the efforts to get to zero emission in 2050 and to negative emissions after that. And we want to be one of the most active bank banks in, in this context. Well, thank you very much for your time, Stefano, and for your thoughts. That was Stefano Del Punta, Intesa San Paolo's Chief Financial Officer. That's all for this episode of the Intesa San Paolo Talks. If you'd like to hear other episodes, please feel free to subscribe to us using your usual podcast provider. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Intesa San Paolo Talks, presented by Guy Ruddle.